Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. It's been almost 3,000 years and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to a Cross Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Shortages of certain products, like meat or toilet paper, are certainly annoying and inconvenient. That said, people can live without them, so it's not such a big deal in the grand scheme of things. However, the baby formula shortage of 2022 is pretty scary stuff for caregivers of infants, not to mention adults, who have medical conditions and need such products to survive. But commercially produced formula is still a relatively newfangled invention. So what did people do before modern formula hit store shelves? Parents had to be prepared in the olden days because many childbearing people struggled with low milk production related to then-undiagnosable medical conditions like hypothyroidism and polycystic ovary syndrome, among other issues. Also, people used to die in childbirth at much higher rates than they do today, leaving behind infants in need of nourishment. Well before bottles and formula came along, babies still had to be fed. 
many parents turned to wet nurses to get the job done when they couldn't, or in some cases, wouldn't. Wet nurses are lactating people who, as early as 2000 BCE, have been employed or volunteered to breastfeed children who weren't their own. In some cases, wet nurses have been enslaved people as well. Wet nurses were commonly hired for affluent families from ancient times through the 19th century. The job still exists, though its status as a paying profession has largely died out. Today, there are even women who form cross-nursing groups in which they take turns feeding each other's children in order to provide support, and also bond with multiple children and families in the community. Parents who couldn't breastfeed and who lacked wet nurse access often turned to animal milk to nourish their infants. This was the most common type of artificial feeding until the end of the 1800s. Although many caregivers used cow's milk, milk from goats, donkeys, camels, horses, pigs, and sheep were also used, depending on where the parents lived and what was available. Before the modern baby bottle was properly fine-tuned, children in France, and likely other areas, would often suck directly from an animal's teeth. Another common method in the 16th to 18th centuries was to make a mix called pap or panada, made of bread soaked in milk or cereal cooked in water. This was fed to the baby via a spoon, a rag, or a special device called a pap boat. But we didn't yet know about the importance of sterilizing the objects that babies were drinking out of, nor how pasteurization worked, nor what nutrients babies need. In the early 1800s, one-third of all babies fed with feeding devices died during their first year of life. Of course, other health issues were more deadly back then as well. Eventually, enterprising chemists decided to try to more closely mimic human breast milk, and in 1865, von Eustace von Liebig created what's believed to be the world's first infant formula. It was made of wheat, cow's milk, malt flour, and potassium bicarbonate. In 1867, pharmacist assistant Henri Nestle launched a product that was made with similar ingredients, but was easier to prepare. By 1883, there were at least 27 brands of infant food available. While these would keep a child from going hungry, they usually lacked some of the necessary vitamins for infant health. Another milestone in infant formula occurred when we figured out how to preserve foods through canning, which gave rise to condensed milk and evaporated milk in the 1800s. Many pediatricians recommended evaporated milk to mothers for their babies in the 1930s and 40s. The first non-powder formula hit the marketplace in 1951 to great fanfare. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke via email with Dr. Hilary Bashaw, a pediatric gastroenterologist at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and an assistant professor at the Emory University College of Medicine. She said, That was a turning point in history when the developed world embraced artificial infant formula and it became the feeding method of choice for many, regardless of ability to breastfeed. By the 1970s, many were turning back to breastfeeding, and now we live in an era where there are many accepted and safe ways to feed infants. Infant formula today is made up of a careful blend of fats, proteins, carbohydrates, vitamins, and minerals. The most common protein is cow's milk, with vegetable oil for fat and lactose for carbs. With formula currently in short supply, many are wondering if they can make their own version at home, but experts are quick to caution people against doing this. Bashaw explained, making your own formula at home could lead to major health problems or even death. 
infants require specific nutrients with careful fluid and electrolyte balances that are nearly impossible to recreate at home. The significant nutritional deficiencies and developmental and growth delays could result from using homemade formulas. Homemade formulas tend to contain far too many saturated fats and proteins for a sensitive young stomach. They also don't have nearly the amount of essential fatty acids or vitamins that an infant needs to thrive, and often feature products like corn syrup, which many babies can't tolerate. Keep in mind that babies used to die of malnutrition, diarrhea, and bottle contamination all the time. Modern, commercially produced formulas, by contrast, are heavily regulated, thanks in part to the Infant Formula Act of 1980, which was updated in 1986. Bashaw said, There's constant development to make formula as close to human milk as possible, both for improved formula tolerance and to ensure babies on all sources of nutrition grow and develop well. Currently, she notes there are minimum levels for 29 nutrients and maximum levels for 9 nutrients in infant formula because babies require a special balance to thrive to their fullest potential. Most caregivers prefer to pick a formula type and stick with it to minimize the risk of upsetting the baby's gut. However, in these lean formula times, it might be necessary to deviate from the norm and take whatever you can get. This is likely to be just fine, says Bashaw. A quote, Most babies can be given different types of formula, provided they do not have a medical condition requiring a specialty formula. A baby that can tolerate a cow's milk formula will likely do fine with a plant-based soy formula, if that's what's available. Similarly, babies on brand-name formula should do well on the generic counterpart of that formula. However, parents with any concerns about switching things up should keep an open line of dialogue with a healthcare professional, especially if a child has medical conditions that require specialty formulas. Plus, a healthcare provider can help manage any gastrointestinal systems that may occur with a formula change. In dire situations, the American Academy of Pediatricians says cow's milk can be given to infants over six months old who normally take regular formula, but for no longer than one week. However, you should talk to a healthcare provider first. Today's episode is based on the article, What Did People Do Before Infant Formula Was Invented? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Aaliyah Hoyt. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's been almost 3,000 years, and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.